Hey guys, this is Danny. And this is Jenny Fuentes. And this is Dear Husband, Dear Wife. Yes, it is a podcast that is um, about an imperfect couple keeping mm -hmm. it 100% real. Um, where we talk about dating, marriage, and sex. Yeah, <laughs> all of it. Yes, it is unscripted mm -hmm. and it's centered in the truth. Yes, we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, the messed up, the shady, the pretty things, the beautiful things, all of it. All. Jam-packed. Yes. So thank you for tuning in and we get hope, ready. Yeah. We hope what? I don't know. We just hope. <laughs> we just hope. We just hope that you will enjoy just... the episode that you're about to hear. Yeah. All right, y'all. Enjoy. Hey everyone. Hey, hey. How's it going? Welcome back. This is Dear Husband, Dear Wife. With Danny and Jenny Fuentes. With Danny and Jenny. Uh, disclaimer, I'm a little bit sick, so forgive me if I sound weird or if I'm coughing or <laughs> forcing my boogers back inside my nose. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we are back with our second episode of the month. Yes. And it, we're going to be talking today about taking, um, basically not taking responsibility, but like the two steps that you can take um, to regain trust. Yes, to regain trust. Yeah. So first and foremost, how are you doing, baby? You said you're very sick. Yeah, I'm sick. Yeah. I'm well, dying. Well, that sucks. Um, yes. Sorry for you. <laughs> you can have my debt. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, yeah, we're back. So... Danny and I were actually kind of brainstorming about this, talking about this, like, what does it look like to regain trust, especially trust that has been broken, um, trust that has been caught, trust that has been, trust that has been broken, caused by a very either painful experience or um, betrayal or trust that has been broken due to manipulation lying you know um abuse to some extent so yeah so we we you know we are very real and transparent in yeah. this podcast so mm -hmm. it's not easy to sometimes talk about certain things but i think this is very important if you listen to last not last week's but two weeks two weeks ago episode um then you would know or our last episode you would know that part of this buildup of kind of how we can reclaim trust again, it has to do with forgiveness. Obviously in our last episode, we spoke about the importance of forgiveness and three steps you can take in order to experience forgiveness or give out forgiveness or receive forgiveness. So we, we want to piggyback on that episode. So let's say, obviously the first initial step has to always be forgiveness but because we already spoke about forgiveness we want to give you two additional steps that are going to help you to rebuild this trust so let's say crap hits the fan you've you finally forgiven your spouse um you're learning to forgive the person you've you've experienced and exercised forgiveness um and so now you're moving forward to like okay denny and jenny i've forgiven my husband or i've forgiven my wife now what you know, now what are the steps that we want to take? So, shout out to my husband. The first one. Um, so, the first one would be, step number one would be taking responsibility. 
Um, this one's a bit scary because it's understandable that, you know, um, for at least a lot of a lot of us guys, we're not accustomed to um, to just, you know, calling it for what it is. You know, when we do something wrong or hurt someone, it's not always easy for us to admit that what we did was hurtful. Um, I can honestly uh, say for myself that this is very difficult. For me, just because not necessarily, you know, do I want it to be like a pride thing. And Jenny knows it's it's not a pride thing. It's just my, you know, confessing to what I've done wrong that hurts her, like, scares me. Because at the end of the day, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I don't want to lose this marriage. Um, I don't, you know, I don't want something worse to happen by confessing that what I did was, you know, was on me. Um but at the same time it's honestly part of the process it it's it's a it's an aspect it's a component that helps us to grow um and in this case you know it's one thing that you know every relationship truly needs um you know clear communication and just again when something you know when an action took uh takes place you know and it affects someone we we have to be able to own up to it yeah, that's actually really good. I think um, it goes for women, too, if anything. I think sometimes women hate admitting that they're wrong. <laughs> you know, um, I think no one, I think all humans hate admitting <coughs> that they're wrong. You know, I think humans in general, uh, because of our sinful nature, we are created to be egotistic, centered people. Yeah prideful people who do not like to admit weakness or who do not like to admit what's wrong with them. And, you know, that's in our sinful nature. So I think, as Danny was saying, taking responsibility and owning up and admitting what you have done wrong is super important to be able to build trust. Like, I I can tell you this for sure. Danny admitting something that he has done wrong is not easy for me to hear but it allows me to see Danny and his humanity and saying, finally, he's owning up. Like, he's finally not hiding anything. He's not lying to me. He's just giving it to me straight. And I think some people are afraid of hearing it straight as it is. Yeah. You know, that's the truth. Some people are so afraid of hearing the truth. And the truth is not necessarily pretty. The truth sometimes is going to be very ugly. And so, like, to be able to hear my husband say, I'm struggling with X, Y, Z, or I did this X, Y, Z. It's like, oh, crap. You know, I've been wanting him to tell me the truth. He finally tells me the truth. He's finally admitting to it and taking responsibility. So um, now the question begs, the question being begged to ask is like, okay, what am I going to do about this, right? And so vice versa, I think once you take responsibility and admit that you've done something wrong, um, what are you going to do about it? You know, what are you going, what are you the person who has caused the harm going to do about it? Are you going to just say, oh, I did this and that's about it? Yeah. Or are you going to say, no, I did this and I need help and yeah. I'm going to seek help, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, my thing, obviously, my, my advice has always been pornography since even before I hit puberty. Um, so, you know, at 35 years old, you would think that this is probably, you know, over and dealt with. But, you know, it always kept uh, creeping over my back and, you know just coming at me from all different sides. Um, in regards to, you know, owning up to it, like, I I finally came to admit 
you know, that I had a serious, serious problem. And, you know, because of that, I, you know, started to see a therapist because I also wanted to find out, like, you know, naturally speaking, in a level-headed, you know, mindset, nobody wakes up one day and, oh, I want to watch porn today. You know, it's there are things that happen in our lives that kind of lead us to that point, you know. Um, for me, in, in this case, my my falling into pornography since a young since a young boy was because of the fact that I didn't feel like I I was enough. I was always compared to other people, to other kids. Um, my mom never felt like I you know could achieve much, and you know she would always tell me, "Why don't you act like this kid? Or why don't you act like that kid?" You know, I there was no version of any kind of success in my life in comparison to how, you know, a mother sees her child. Um, and so, you know, I also remember growing up um, when I had a girlfriend and then all of a sudden I had a different girlfriend. My mom would just instantly like, oh, you're just like your dad. You're you're a womanizer. You're always going to be a womanizer. So there were a lot of things that were said to me that I felt were like, Hey, that's, that's not me. Like, I'm not trying to do that, you know, but you know, I didn't have the right conversations with my parents growing up, you know, sex was bad, you know, just your staples in life. You know, this is bad. That's bad. Don't ever do it. But that was it. That was as far as it got. So, you know, in regard to my growing up, a lot of things were said to me by my own mother that really did affect and so I grew up to, you know, to start to carry the mentality where it's like, okay, well, if this is what you think of me, mom, then, you know, I don't feel like this is who I am. But now I have a reason enough to show you that, that this is what you want. Mm -hmm. So I became what she thought I was. You know, I actually started fooling around. I actually started messing around. And, you know, I just remember my dad, you know, giving me the conversation, you know, the sex talk. And it basically concluded with, Here's a here's a box of condoms. Don't get anybody pregnant, and you're good. And um, I proceeded to to live life in a in a manhoeish way. <laughs> so <laughs> you manhole. I was a manhole. <laughs> um, you know, so I I carried that lifestyle. You know, and obviously pornography had already been a, a huge aspect of my life, and I connected the two, and it was all downhill from there. But um, I really do believe that a lot of what I did wrong growing up, a lot of my mistakes, you know, stemmed from the fact that I didn't feel that I was enough. And so I felt like I didn't receive the kind of love that I should have received from my mom. You know, granted, I wasn't the best kid. You know, I always got in trouble. I, you know, parent-teacher conferences were just the worst. <laughs> you know, same story all the time. I was always disruptive and... Just, you know, things of that nature. But I I didn't feel like that was enough to the point where it's like, you know, oh, you're just a horrible child. But I guess I guess I was. So, you know, I found my my sense of love through pornography. And that became my um, my it factor. And so growing up, relationships were affected because of that. You know, um, I just saw girls in a in a as an as an objective rather than as people you know i didn't see them with emotions i didn't see them with 
with um with any kind of respect i just i belittled them and i degraded them in my mind um and so this was this was my upbringing this is how i grew up you know so fast forward to a couple years later jenny and i are married you know been married 10 plus years going on 11 this year and i'm asking myself why am i still dealing with this like why is this still an issue for me like i thought you know this would have phased out and to some to some point it it did but you know i guess i was just kind of bottling it down because i didn't want it to come up and ask the ask the actual questions like why is this still you know over my shoulders and so you know after seeing a the therapist you know for a couple of sessions i came to the realization that yeah this is a problem like it didn't matter if i went on for six months and not you know having watched porn but if i ever did it it's, a, it's because there's something still lingering in my life that hasn't been tapped into where i don't know why this keeps coming up you know so taking responsibility is hard you know confessing having confessed to jenny you know what i've done and the things i've done wrong was never easy for me not again not because i'm a like I'm afraid of Jenny. I'm not afraid of Jenny, but I was always afraid of the repercussions of my confessing, the, mm. the consequences of my confessing, because I love Jenny and I never want to lose her. So my having to confess always made me feel like I'm going to lose this woman and then I'm screwed. Yeah, no, which makes makes me think also sometimes, you know, um, I'm going to speak to our wives um, or two ladies right now, I guess. Um, so, like, a lot of the times when our husbands confess something or say something, you know, um, hearing Danny, you know, express, be, ve- be very vulnerable of, like, if I'm going to confess, I'm confessing because I, I, I want to confess and take responsibility, but I'm also... Afraid, you know, there is some fear attached to taking responsibility. By the way, I'm so sorry, like that beeping noise. If you hear it, yeah, I sorry guys. We live in the city now, so <laughs> we live in San Francisco. It's beautiful, but it sucks at the same time. <laughs> Anyways, all um, kinds of noises in the background. It was distracting me. I was there's, trying to make a point, but whoa, there's no Anyways. sense of respect. <laughs> For the podcast, people don't care around here. Okay, back to what I was about to share is I think our posture on how we receive bad news is very important. Yeah. You know, because if I like start throwing things, (laughs) you know, you've never thrown anything. I know I've never have. Um, Thank God. But like, Let's say, like, there's some women. I I, I know women who there's are crazy. Women. Yeah, who like you did what? And like you know, yeah. like they start cursing, and they're like, instead of like having well, a any, conversation, any, any woman getting upset at you know at the at the receiving end of that kind of news, it's it's understandable. You know, it's not some like I can't sit here and tell you guys or tell you women out there, hey, don't get mad. Like that's you know that's true. That's unfair. True, true. There's going to be anger. Yeah, yeah there's going to be anger and frustration. But you know, I think for again, for how me, we react to that anger and frustration how, though matters. Yeah, how you react definitely matters. And again, like Jenny has never been one to like throw things at me. <laughs> thank God. Um, but you know, it's always been like I could tell. Like the thing that really always scared me was just 
how she took it because I could tell like she would it like her heart would just sink like she would just break into pieces and that's the part that killed me because that's what I didn't want again like Jenny could be mad at me because I didn't do this or I forgot to wash the dishes or I you know missed uh, this one item at the store like she can get mad at me for things like that and it won't be a big deal but you know for me to look at her dead in the face and then tell her what I did that specifically hurt her, you know, unintentionally, intentionally, it doesn't matter. That's the part that always killed me because it's like, I knew this, I'm not supposed to do this. Like, this is not what I do. Like, I don't just sit here and look at people that I love and and just destroy them from the inside out. And so that's the one component that I always tried to avoid, which always led me to not say anything, to, to hide it. And by hiding it, the truth was I just kept doing it and just kept going at it. And next thing you know, uh, you know, a couple weeks go by and no one finds out. And the next thing you know, weeks turned into months and <clears throat> no one finds out if, if you hide it. And then next thing you know, months turn into years and then... You've completely forgotten how long it's been. And then when you come to find out how long it's been, you're like, oh, that's that's not normal. And so for me, you know, again, it was just completely destroying her that that always got me because, you know, Jenny, Jenny's a beautiful woman that, you know, her heart is always out for the best and always wants the best for other people. And. She's selfless, and she's always putting other people before her, before herself, um, and that's just who she is. And that's the person that I've, you know, been in love with. And to have been the also the same person to 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 destroy her almost from the inside out because of this issue has not been, you know, very well accepted. And so, you know, this was one of those things where. I realized, okay, like I, I need to, I need to find help because I'm beginning to see that this is a very big problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I appreciate you saying that, babe. I think you're right. Like, I think it's unfair to say to a woman, don't be upset. Yeah. I think, though, how we react in our anger really does matter. Yeah. You know, I think what has helped you moved forward also and what has helped you be able to get the help that you need is me coming alongside you instead of me making you your my number one enemy you know yeah. and, and then honestly like it, it has helped and i'll say this to you to all like the women out there that are listening um it's it's hard it's it's difficult for us men to be able to be vulnerable because you know it's we're 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 men and you know, vulnerability doesn't really attach to the hip, you know, when it comes to us. But if you have yourself a good woman, a woman that's put up with you, that's, you know, just been through thick and thin with you side by side since day one, that's a good woman. And chances are her only desire is to have you to see you in a place where you are finally free from whatever it is. It doesn't have to be pornography, you know, any any form of addiction or just any vice that you feel that you are struggling with at the end of the day you know a sense of freedom is is where we want to be and yeah. where our wives 
want us to be in. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I think, you know, how we respond, the receiver receiving the bad news really does make a difference. It really does make a difference. You know, it's okay to be angry. And scripture says that, you know, it's okay to be angry, but to not sin in your anger, you know. And it's hard. (laughs) It's really hard, you know. So it's like, trust me, I, I get angry or I've been angry at Danny, but learning how to look beyond my anger and surrendering my anger to Jesus at that moment and trying to see Danny the way that Jesus would see him is like the number one goal that I have to put into practice in order for my husband to, number one, get healing and restoration, and number two, for my marriage to continue to move forward. Because if I start seeing Danny the way I want to see him as like a porn addict, a betrayer, a liar, whatever, if I start making a list of who he is, then I'm making him my number one enemy. And the truth of the matter is trust is not even going to be there. Trust is not even going to exist. Like the idea of trust is far away. You might as well say bye-bye to that marriage, you know? So it's like, it's like, that's, that's the point. Like, if not, then you're entering a toxic relationship and you're entering a toxic marriage. And some people choose to stay in marriages like that where they see their yeah. spouses as enemies. And it's so toxic and so unhealthy, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know? So in this case, I'm like, I'm not one to say divorce the person. But in this case, I'm like, dude, you're better off just like not being involved, not being involved yeah. in a marriage and letting go and saying that goodbye to that dream you know yeah. because the truth of the matter is is like you are living in a toxic relationship and you're also you're also living in a way kind of like in sin because you're always kind of having a resentment towards your spouse you know or like there's this resentment towards your spouse there's this anger towards your spouse you know um so like you need help too in that case and in that case you have to take responsibility and say holy moly, I can't work with this person right now. I need to go ahead and get some help too, you know, because I think I think it's not just about the person who causes the harm. You have to, the receiver who's receiving the bad news, we have to ask ourselves, like, okay, am I good enough? Am I okay to move forward and to continue to trust my husband or my wife? You know, if my wife was the one that betrayed me, Am I a good as a husband enough to trust her? Or vice versa. If my husband betrayed me as a wife, am I good enough to trust him? Does that make sense? So it's like we also have to take responsibility ourselves on like how we we do this. And like that's why I think how we react to a confession really does matter. You know, and it will be very telling. It will be very really telling of like what needs to be done in order to Mm -hmm. help each other to regain that trust, which leads us to the second point which has to do with clear communication. You know, the first thing is you take responsibility. The second thing you're doing is you're now learning how to talk again. Yeah, which is, again, it's it's not always, you know, easy. It, (laughs) at least, um, you know, for men, uh, communication is completely different in comparison to how women communicate. You know, as guys, you could be across the room, you know, give a quick nod and we'll know exactly what we mean. As for women, you know, they ask you like a hundred thousand questions in different formats and expect different <laughs> answers. But um, you know, clear communication is is part two of you know when it comes to taking responsibility. You know, for me, um, again, I I you know always talk about myself and and what we uh, go through and experience. But for me, you know, clear communication 
was, you know, I had mentioned to Jenny, I told Jenny, I was like, hey, I'm going to get help. Like, I, I have to get help because I don't feel okay just telling you, hey, it's not going to happen anymore. And then leaving it at that. You know, I made it very clear to her that I was going to start to see a therapist so that I can get to the bottom of this and again find out as to why this is still over my head you know why is it that i'm pushing 35 you know 36 this year and and i feel like this is still a a problem like you know i'm not getting any younger so um so part of the communication that i had expressed to her was i'm gonna do that you know i'm gonna take action and and get to the bottom of this so that this doesn't become an issue anymore so that i can put this behind me and move forward and again you know it's it's not easy guys i can't you know i can't i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like it is um you know it it definitely also kind of makes you feel a little um it makes you feel a little you know a little off because um you know my therapist had made it very clear you know when she told me she's like let's call this for what it is you know this is an addiction and it it like it really like pushed me back because in my mind i was like like no like i don't like this is not an addiction you know but you can only see so far when you're from within so Hmm. you know in this case i never saw that it was any kind of addiction and you know from the outside looking in it was obvious that it was. And so um, now I'm in this, you know, stage of life where I'm, you know, trying to allow myself to be restored, you know. And granted, you know, maybe this might, you know, distraught some people or, you know, maybe it might make you change your, you know, thought process of who we are and what we do. And that's okay. You know, it's it's... It, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect me. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, my communication is I need to get better. And I have to get better because I understand that this is a marriage I want to stay in. I don't want to let it go. I don't want to walk around pretending like I don't care. And the truth is, Jenny makes me better. You know, hmm. she is the other person that I am not. And there are aspects to who Jenny is that I don't have, you know. And so I need her in my life because she is exactly what I am not. But there are things in my life that I need to work on and get rid of so that I can step into those components and be the person I'm supposed to be for Jenny. So. Yeah, I think... um... (coughs) Two weeks ago, you know, we had one of our elders at our church kind of preach, and he basically made this comment, and I will never forget this, like, relationships were created, God created relationships um, in order to help us become more holy, you know, and, and I think about that intimacy leads to holiness, you know, just not intimacy with Jesus, if we look at the way that we have to become intimate with Jesus, the more we are intimate with Jesus, the more holier we, you know, become that's the truth of the matter and it's the same way um, a marriage works or a relationship works it's like um and i want to be very careful about intimacy here i'm not talking about just sexual intimacy like what i'm talking about is like emotional mental um 
intimacy, you know, like there's this beautiful intimacy that comes in marriage um, once you are married that goes beyond sex and it's an intimacy of heart and mind and even soul and spirit. And so like allowing God to use your intimacy with your spouse, just like Danny said, you know, like there are components that that I carry that help him to draw closer to Jesus, you know, that makes him be better, vice versa. Danny does the same thing for me, you know? And so, and that's what God intended as marriage, marriage to be where we are ironing, sharpening one another. And sometimes, yes, it's going to hurt or where the siffling of the wheat happens. So when we know if we're real wheat or not, right. And it's like those siffling moments, those ironing, sharpening iron moments, those are very, very critical moments um, in our marriages that help us to realize how much more we need of Jesus in our lives. You know, Danny will point certain things out of my life that I'm just like, dang, like I hate this about myself. And it's like, Oh, that's true. The Lord also doesn't like me being this way. And so vice versa, I point out certain things about Danny that it's like, it's a, it's calling him towards holiness, towards more of, closer to God, you know? So I think that's the beauty of like marriage and also not the curse, because I don't want to say it's a curse, but it's the beauty of marriage, but it's also the hard part of marriage. It's like the hard work of marriage is constantly calling us into holiness and calling us towards becoming the better persons that God has intended for us to become. And so that's why communicating clearly is very important. I think if anything, I've learned to be very honest with Danny when I don't like something, you know, um, I, I've been, you know, blunt about certain things. And sometimes he's like, whoa, that was a little bit too harsh, you know, but it's like, but it's the truth at that moment. And I need him to hear my truth and to also feel my truth because you can feel truth. Sometimes truth can be felt in a good way or in a bad way or in a heavy way or in a light way. But the truth carries weight. We all, we all know that whether it's a good truth or whether it's a bad truth, you know? So like, you, you want that weightiness to be heard um, and vice versa. I think you got to make room for the person who offended you, for the person who has been the offender, to be able to have some space to clearly express themselves on how they are feeling, how they are journeying through the season. I think one of the most important things if, like moving forward for us has been like Denny being able to say, no, I don't want you to be part of the therapy sessions. I need to do this alone, right? And it was probably the hardest thing also because Jenny, the fixer, wants to be in everything, you know, but also uh, uh, respecting that space for my husband and being like, okay, you're going to go to therapy alone now. And like moving back and releasing myself from that was something very big or like no I need you to like like I need you to be patient with me or I I need you to not say this or I need you to not talk to me this way or I need you to you know do this instead of this um those are the more clear you express yourself of what you need in order to help you your relationship to build trust that's what's going to be the key to a successful marriage um in in building trust again so you have to be clear you have to be specific you know because if you're just like how are you feeling is, is it okay you're like yeah i'm okay dad okay we know it's a heavy loaded okay you know instead of saying no i'm not feeling good right now xyc bothered me or you did this and this bothered me or you saying this bothered me and being as specific as possible is going to be very very important and 
in your marriage and in your building your relationship and your trust and your communication. So, yeah, I think if anything, you know, we've learned in the hard way that number one, you know, we always want to start with forgiveness. It's a given. You can't build trust without forgiveness. But after you've done the whole forgiving process and grieving and loss and restoration, then you want to move into number one, taking full responsibility of what you've done wrong. And what does that look like? What does it look like to take responsibility and not just asking for an apology, but taking the responsibility of what you did wrong. And number two, you know, learning to communicate clearly as you walk through the process of rebuilding each other's trust, because the clearer you are, the more you're going to be able to learn what bothers you, what doesn't bother you, what affects you, what doesn't affect you, what you like, what you don't like, et cetera, et cetera. So... Yeah, so this is it. Yeah. Well, if you guys have any questions, please feel free to email us at contact at jenny.com. Yeah, contact, no, contact at dannyandjenny.com. Did I say that? No. I don't know what I said. Yeah, but just go ahead. It's at contact at dannyandjenny.com. And yeah, we are, you know, launching some things in the summer. So if you haven't checked our website out, Go to www.dannyandjenny.com. Um, we want to work with a couple of couples. If you are engaged. Couple of couple of couples? Yes. So if you are engaged, PSA, by the way, if you are engaged or you've been married um, for the first three years of your marriage, or if you are considering getting engaged anytime soon, Um, We want to invite you to a beta cohort that we're going to be doing um, where we spend six weeks intimately um, walking through different important keys of how to have a successful marriage. And so if that is you, I will recommend that you go to um, our website and that you click on the button that says learn more and that you go to the engagement i think it's engagement and early years of marriage cohort i can't remember right now i'm butchering it but um or just email me email me directly at contact at danny and jenny.com that you are interested and we will walk you through this process we are looking for 12 couples we would love to walk 12 couples in a season this summer um so more details to come as we um share about this also it will be in our next email so yeah, just letting you guys know. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your day to hear us rant about crazy <laughs> stuff. Um, hope that you guys have a good week, a good evening, a good morning, a good weekend. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. All right. Have a blessed one. Take Bye. care. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much again for listening to the episode and for tuning in to the podcast. Again, I hope that um, the episodes and the podcast um, are encouraging. I hope that it brings you guys new light, new perspective, uh, a new approach to the marriage, to marriages, to relationships. Um, we hope that it gives you guys the right tools to be able to move forward and how it fits best for you. Yeah, and if you have any questions um, or you want more details, just go ahead and follow us on Instagram at our Instagram handle, which is Danny and Jenny, or email us at contact at dannyandjenny.com. We look forward to, to hearing next, from you. Yeah. yeah, and to the next episode. Awesome. All right. Take care. Adios.